Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Good morning. Welcome again to worship here with Garfield Memorial Church. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Scott Blevins. I'm the pastor of the South Euclid campus of Garfield Memorial Church. So glad to be here with you today. We are continuing in the series today, Spiritual PPE. Uh, on the past, in the past two weeks, uh, Pastor Chip has talked to us about what we're facing. This war that we're in, this conflict that we're in, the enemy that is coming against us and that God is sending us against. Today we're talking about and beginning the discussion of what can we do in this war? What can we do in this conflict? And, and what is the nature of what we can do? So we're going to be bouncing through a lot of things today because I'm doing an overview of the verses that we're about to read. Not going to drill in real deeply on any one piece of armor or any one piece of personal protection equipment. I'm going to do a, a big overview of the whole big picture of where we are with the whole armor of God. And we're going to drill in close and take a real deep dive into those other things over the next few weeks. So that's coming. Just be patient. We're going to get the, the bird's eye view of spiritual PPE and the whole armor of God today. The first thing I want to bring up in this is, well... I, before we get into that, happy Mother's Day. I forget these kind of things, which is not good. So, Mom, I think you're watching out there this morning. Happy Mother's Day to you. Amy, my wife, I think you're watching this morning. Happy Mother's Day to you. So, uh, uh, happy Mother's Day to all of the moms that are out there. And, and I suspect no one today said, man, I can't wait for the day in which I'm sheltering in place to experience Mother's Day in my home without my family. Uh, no one said that. No one said, well, maybe some folks did say that, but if that's your case, then, then God bless you. Um, the, the truth is that this is Mother's Day different than any of us have planned it. It gives us a great opportunity to say to God, thy will, not mine, be done. If things are not going your way, that's the time when we get to say, God, your will, not mine, be done. If everything's going your way, you've you got to be careful about that. So, so happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. The reality is, is this whole business of celebrating Mother's Day in a way differently than we had planned, expected, and perhaps even want is, is going to tie into the whole message about our spiritual PPE today. We're going to come back to that at the end with a couple of other things. As we jump into this, I want to I move, well, I want to read the scripture, and then we're going to take a different pieces throughout this whole context of scripture. So look at, let's look together at Ephesians chapter 6 here this morning. Paul writes, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, 
so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand therefore and fasten on the belt of truth around your waist, put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. You know, we could spend six weeks preaching on this passage, and we are. So I'm going to do the whole thing in a big overview here today. Like I said, I want to jump into something that wasn't highlighted on there, uh, but I wish I had highlighted. And that's the phrase very early on where Paul said, Our battle is not against enemies of flesh and blood. Now, Pastor Jip just talked to us about Ahmad Arbery and his family, and in the light of that, it's really hard sometimes to say that our battle is not against enemies of flesh and blood. If our battle isn't against people who are killing us, unjustly. Who is our battle against? I want to say a couple of things in this context. And first of all, I got to acknowledge right up front, I'm saying this from the context of a person who is white, who was born white, who has grown up white, and and has never known what it's like. I can hear other people talk about it. I can hear other people share their testimonies, but I will never know what it's like to be black in America. I just won't. I do know I do know that Paul, who wrote these words, understood ethnic conflict. He was writing in the context of ethnic conflict. He understood that when he went out and preached that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, the Messiah, and he had been crucified as a criminal and rose from the dead, confirming that he was the Messiah, the Son of God, that people were able to accept that. What they weren't able to accept was that Jesus was a Messiah for people of ethnic diversity for people that weren't of the same ethnicity of him, that didn't have the same skin color, the same background, the same cultural heritage, the same language, the same values, the same morality. And that's one of the reasons why Paul was in jail. The biggest reason why Paul was in jail. If you read in the book of Acts, I think it's chapter 21, where Paul's in Jerusalem, it's not until he says that Jesus is for the Gentiles, for the ethnic nations, for the ethnicities, multiple ethnicities too, that the crowd says, kill him, kill him now. Earlier in this letter, Paul said that Jesus in his flesh broke down the dividing wall of hostility between the different ethnicities of the world. And he's writing these letters the many letters that he wrote in the context of this ethnic division and ethnic hostility saying our battle is not against flesh and blood. We're not here to fight against each other. In the context of these racially motivated shootings, though, that's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard thing to believe. The fact is, and the truth is, that we have a witness in the Scripture from Paul as someone who did not treat people who were doing him harm with hostility, that he did not treat them as the enemy. But we have, and even in my mind, an even greater witness in that. Yesterday, we got together at uh, Pepper Pike. We've been uh, delivering signs throughout the week, the, the praying for our city signs. But yesterday, we got together to, uh, to do the final push on that. Not really the final push. We ran out of signs. We ordered more. We're going to be doing more. But we gathered in the parking lot, and there were, there were people of all different ethnic backgrounds, all different skin colors. 
And I realized I'm going out into the neighborhoods as a white man putting signs in the ground. This is going to be a fun experience to me. And my, my, my black and brown sisters and brothers had a level of concern for what they were doing. Not that they expressed it, but a level of concern for what they were doing that, that I couldn't appreciate. They were going out into unfamiliar neighbors, neighborhoods as, as African-Americans planting signs um, after we just learned about another race-based killing. And that testimony of folks here at Garfield Church who say, the folks in this world aren't my enemy. I'm going to continue to do the works of love, continue to do the actions of love, continue to widen the circle of Jesus Christ, even in the midst of a hostile environment because Jesus has broken down this wall of hostility between me and my neighbor. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is against the spiritual forces that want to divide us, that want to beat us down, and want to tear us down. And what we need to stand against that is this spiritual PPE. And we need, first of all, we need the full armor of God. Two different places in this passage, Paul talks about wearing the full armor or putting on the whole armor of God. Part of it isn't enough. There are a lot of different pieces Paul mentioned. Um, shoes that are the readiness of the gospel of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, all of these things. We need all of them because our enemy attacks us on a lot of different fronts. Evil in this world is multidimensional. It comes at us in a lot of different ways. It attacks our bodies, it attacks our minds, it attacks our emotions, it attacks our spirits, it attacks our relationships, our relationships with God, our relationship with other people. And we need the full armor to be fully protected, to be prepared to be on the offense, not on the defense against these spiritual attacks in this conflict that we find ourselves. So it's not enough to go out into the war with just a lot of truth in our pocket or in our hand, throwing truth at the world, throwing truth at people, throwing truth at, at, at perceived enemies, and expect that simply by throwing truth out there, we are working the will of God and not falling into the trap of the enemy. We need not just truth, we need faith. And we don't need just faith. We need more than just faith. We need salvation and a knowledge and awareness that that the only reason we have access to the truth, the only reason we can be faithful, is because Jesus died to save us. And we also need the Word of God and not just the Scripture, that we're quoting Scripture at people and quoting Scripture at problems. Even the devil knows how to quote Scripture. He did it when he was trying to tempt Jesus and get Jesus to bow down to him. We need to hear what God is saying to us right now. It's one of the reasons we need to be praying all the time and in every way so that we can hear what God is saying about us, to us, and into this situation so we can speak and follow him and his direction. And we need our shoes. We need to be standing ready in peace. We need the whole armor of God because without that peace, all of these other things, if we go out there with all of these other things, but we're hostile and we're bitter and we're nasty and we're rude and we're mean and we're not at peace, then no one's going to care what we have to say. And the enemy has already won. We need the whole armor of God. The second thing we need is we need the whole armor of God. Let's get it. We got the full armor of God. How about the whole armor of God? We got the next slide? I was ready for that. No, oh, yeah, skip that one for now. We'll come back to that one later. All right, armor of God. There we go. That wasn't uh, Dave's fault back there advancing the slides. I warned him in advance that I might go in a different order than I told him, but I would prompt him, and I didn't prompt him, so that's all on me. 
We need the full armor of God. You don't have the resources to fight this battle on your own. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much influence you have. I don't care if your job is to be an internet influencer. You do not have the resources to fight this battle. And I don't care how much willpower you have. You can't stand against these forces on your own. You can't. They will beat you down. There's a place in the book of Acts where someone sees Paul and some of the other apostles out there casting out demons, and they go out to cast out demons themselves, and the demons look at them and say, you know, I've heard of Jesus, and I've heard of Paul, but I don't have any idea who you are. And they chase the dude out of town. You don't have the power to stand against these spiritual forces that Paul is talking about. You need the armor of God. There are things against which we are powerless but we are not helpless if we have the spiritual PPE. Third thing, third thing. I forgot to say this. I'm going to do like three points, and then I'm going to tell some stories. So I'm going to come back and flesh all of these out in a little bit. If you feel like I'm moving too fast and you can't take notes, you can also rewind. Um, We've got to put the on the armor before the battle. Can't wait till you're in distress. You can't wait till everything's falling apart. You can't wait till the world is crumbling around you and then decide, hey, where's Jesus? I got to get Jesus' help. I'm going to go, you know, they say there's no atheists in a foxhole. Um, You do a lot better to put on your armor before you get in the foxhole, before you go to battle. If you wait till you're in the middle of it, it makes everything harder. The good news is, if you consider this good news, if you didn't put on the armor before the battle that you're in now, this one will pass and another one's coming. So you'll have the opportunity to put it on for the next one. Put it on before the battle. Put it on when you are at peace. And don't try to put it on yourself. If you've seen the medieval armor in the pictures or in television shows and movies, you know those big pieces of metal. You can't do that by the night. That's why the knights always had a squire, someone there to put their armor on, help them put their armor on. We need those other people. That's why we have the small groups. Pastor Chip mentioned the uh, multi-ethnic conversations group. We've got lots of other small groups. We've got a Monday evening Zoom group. Used to be a dinner group. Hard to eat dinner together on Zoom chat. It just looks kind of weird. Some of us do anyway. Uh, but we've got a Monday evening Zoom group. We've got other groups that are going on. Shoot me an email, scott at garfieldchurch.org, and I'll help you get connected with any of those that you want to get connected with. But we've got to put the armor on before the battle. There's been a lot of information. I want to pull back a little bit and give you some pictures of what it looks like to wear the armor of God and what it looks like to not be wearing the armor of God. Let's start with the picture, the best picture we can have of any of this, which is of Jesus himself. Jesus and his disciples, Jesus and his followers. The gospel and and his gospel, Luke, tells us of of an incident where Jesus and his disciples are going on mission, and they're going across the Sea of Galilee. They're going from their home territory into an ethnically diverse territory, a, a place that's ethnically and culturally different from them. They're leaving Israel and going into the Decapolis. It's a it's a it's a it's a non-Jewish area. And as they're crossing the Sea of Galilee in a small boat, a storm comes 
comes up, and the storm is so bad, the waves are crashing in, the boat is filling up with water, the, the wind is blowing, it's a nightmare for the disciples, they're hustling, they're doing everything in their power to save themselves, to save the boat, and to save, to save Jesus. They're bailing water, they're doing all that they can do, and it's not good enough, because they are powerless against a storm. You ever been in a storm? In a storm like that? I haven't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be out on a boat, on a lake, on a sea in the middle of a storm like that. I don't want to be there. You ever been in a hurricane? You watch those videos. I would love to see a tornado going by at a safe distance. I would love to see that. I never want to be in a hurricane. We got no power against a hurricane. Nothing you and I can do to stop a hurricane, the wind and the water and the rain. Nothing we can do to stop it. We're powerless against it. The disciples were powerless. What they forgot for a time was that they were not helpless. Eventually, they woke up Jesus. He was sleeping during all of this. The disciples didn't have their spiritual PPE on. Jesus did. That's what it looks like to have your spiritual PPP. Spiritual armor, spiritual PPE on. Jesus was able to be at peace during the storm. So at peace, he was asleep. The disciples woke him up. They said, Master, don't you care? Isn't that our cry in the middle of the storm? God, don't you care? God, if you cared as much as I care, wouldn't you be doing something about this? God, don't you care? Jesus, don't you care? We're all going to die. And Jesus just stood up and he faced the wind. He faced the storm and he just said, Peace. The word of God, the word of God spoken into the storm was all that was needed. Jesus, wearing his spiritual PPE, at peace, made an impact that the disciples simply couldn't because they were operating out of their own power, were powerless, but were not helpless. They were going someplace, though, when they got in that boat. Remember, they were going on mission. They weren't just going out for a fishing trip. They weren't going on vacation. They weren't out for a nice day trip on the Sea of Galilee. They were going someplace. They were going on mission all the way across the Sea of Galilee. They had one guy they were going after, one guy. They got to the other side just as they were getting out of the the boat. This guy came to meet them. Good news, right? That makes the mission a whole lot easier if the guy you're going to mission to is coming to meet you. The problem was he was homeless and he was naked and he was crazy. I don't know about you. That's a tough thing to face. I know, right? Right? So imagine it. You're going down to the cemetery down in Cleveland. I've drawn a, I drew a blank on it at the 9 o'clock worship. Drawn a blank on the name of it again. The big historical cemetery downtown Cleveland. Maybe you're going there to visit the grave of a loved one. Maybe you're going there for historical purposes to show your kids, whoever. You're walking around there. You got your family with you. You got your friends with you. And suddenly out from behind one of the biggest tombs jumps a guy who's naked and screaming and whirling chains around his head. The Bible tells us this man lived among the graves he always ripped off his clothes they tried to chain him up but he had broken his chains and he comes down those graves screaming at them Jesus what do you have to do with me what are you going to do in that situation when this dude jumps out from behind the tree runs at you and your family and says what do you have to do with me 
I don't know about you, I'd probably wet myself. I'm just saying. I'm thinking at least three of the disciples wet themselves in that situation. This is real life stuff we're talking about. This is real. The battle is not against flesh and blood. The temptation for any person, I think, not fully covered in their spiritual PPE is to say, my battle is against that guy. I got to protect me and my family from that guy. But Jesus knew that that guy wasn't coming at him. Jesus knew he had come. They had come to him. They were coming to meet him. He was the mission, not the enemy. He was there to be loved, not to be attacked. And so as this guy's running at him, ah, what do you have to do with me? And the disciples are going, ah! We don't get any of the disciples' reaction. But based on how they acted in the boat, I'm pretty confident, again, that half of them were turning to leave. The others were going, crap, I should have brought a change of underwear. Jesus looks at the guy, says, what's your name? Hey, man. What's your name? He didn't see him as a threat. He was never a threat to Jesus. He was never a threat to the disciples because they had Jesus there with them. What's your name? Our name is Legion. We are many. You got to go back and read it. He talked like this. I'm confident. I got the audiobook version. He talked like, We are many. Jesus said, All right. All right. Don't make us go away. Don't send us to the abyss. They're yelling and screaming. The demons are already surrendering. They're already bowing to Jesus. They're not demanding anything of him. They are begging. And Jesus says, what do you want to go? And they have a group meeting. There's a legion of them. Remember, ah, pigs over there. We like bacon. Send us to the pigs. And one of them says, I prefer mutton. And they say, shut up, Carl. No one asked you. Pigs. And Jesus sent them in the pigs, and the pigs go crazy, run down the beach, fall into the water, and die. And Jesus says to his disciples, someone get this man some clothes. Jesus was on mission, and he wore his spiritual PPE. So he knew that that guy wasn't coming at him. He knew that his father had sent him to that guy. And he didn't attack him. He saved him. He wasn't hostile to him. He redeemed him. He set him free. He didn't condemn him for being naked. He clothed him and gave him peace. That's a picture of what it's like to wear spiritual PPE. I got another picture. I have some actual photographs this time. Um, it's Mother's Day. I hope you'll bear with me. I want to show you some pictures of my grandmother, Ma. I'm going to show you the first picture. See, that's Ma on the left. That handsome young man standing next to her. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Way, way. Yeah, I had hair. I had hair. There's evidence right there. Hair. It's real. Not plugs. Real. That's me at my high school graduation party, my grandmother, Ma. Now, let's go. We'll see the next one. This is, uh, this is three generations. Amy did not know I was showing this picture. This might be my worst Mother's Day ever. Um, she doesn't like to have her picture put out there. This is three generations. Um, my grandmother uh, with me and my wife, and that's our daughter, Grace, there. Um, and then I got one more that's just a close-up of Ma. That's kind of my sister, 
kind of, well, it really is my sister. It's just only part of her on the left there. Um, but that's Ma. Her name is Ruth. took me years to learn that my grandmother's name was Ruth because nobody called her Ruth. Nobody, everybody I ever met except her children and her siblings called her Ma. These big, tough guys come in. You know, I'd be over at Maul and Paul's house, or they'd come in, and, and, and they would say, Hi, Maul. How you doing, Maul? Thanks, Maul. They'd come in, get a glass of water. Rough guys, you know, and, and they were always so polite and so respectful to her. And I would leave, and I would say, Is that my cousin? And he said, No. Everybody calls me Maul. She was grandmother to everybody in the community. She was not... A large woman, five foot nothing. Probably by this time she was less than five foot nothing. Weighed a hundred and nothing. And she had battles that she had to fight. She had people that she loved dearly that died, her husband who died early from lung cancer. She had people that she loved dearly that struggled and battled with demons and lost, and lost, and lost, and lost. But she never gave up hope for them, ever. She never stopped hoping. She never stopped praying, praying day in and day out. She never stopped immersing herself in the Word of God. Ma read the Bible through every, fully, the whole Bible every year. She never stopped loving. Her husband his parents both grew ill at the same time illness that just comes with old age and they moved in with Ma and Paul and, and she took care of them became the primary caregiver for two folks in their 90s that couldn't care for themselves were bedridden they tore out their dining room and put hospital beds in their dining room and Ma did everything that a nurse or a doctor would do for them until they passed in her dining room and she never gave up. She never quit. She never stopped. I know it was a struggle. It had to have been a struggle. But she always radiated such peace and such hope in all of these situations. The temptation when we talk about the armor of God, as it's, and that's the name that's given in the Scripture, the temptation is to think in terms of a warrior mentality, to, to militarize the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul uses that image, I'm convinced, not so that we have a justification for militarizing the faith. The church has tragically and done that over the millennia. We have militarized the faith. And every time we militarize the faith, we start treating other human beings of flesh and blood as the enemy. And that's not why Paul is talking about the armor of God. I think he's doing it for just the opposite reason. He's saying, if you want armor to protect yourself, if you want a weapon to go against the enemy, put your swords away. Pick up the Word of God. Listen to the Word of God. If you're concerned about the bad ideas that are out there in the community, don't go out and try to stop other people from sharing bad ideas. Cover your mind with salvation. If you're concerned about how, how the morality of the day is tearing relationships apart, don't go out and try to enforce your morality on other people. You be in right relationship with the breastplate of righteousness. Be in right relationship with God and others. Don't go stomping on other people 
on their faith, on their beliefs, on their understandings, on their power. Don't go stomping on them. Wear peace as your shoes. Wear peace as your shoes. And if you need a belt to hold your britches up so you don't embarrass yourself in front of everybody, don't be hostile. Don't be defensive. Wrap yourself in truth. And don't forget that Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. See, in these battles that we face, for the disciples, it was a storm on the Sea of Galilee. Right now, once again, still for us, it's the storm of racism. It's the storm of generational poverty. It's the storm of addiction. It's the storm of of child abuse. It's the storm of of sexism, the storm of genderism. I got news for you, folks. You are powerless. You try to stand up against any of those things on your own, you will fall. You will be overwhelmed. You will be destroyed. You don't believe me? Next time you see a hurricane on the news, find it and go stand against that on your own. We're powerless against these things, but we're not helpless. Because just like the disciples, we have Jesus with us in the boat. The spiritual PPE. In other places, Paul talks about clothing yourself in Christ. I think this is another version of that. You have Jesus with you. Stand in him, in his righteousness, in his salvation, in his peace, in his faith, in his truth, with his word whispering in your ear, speaking his love and his grace and his hope and his power into this situation. The purpose of the armor, the purpose of the armor is not so that we can defend ourselves in the sense of being defensive. It's not so that we can be be hostile to others knowing that we're all protected from their hostility back. The purpose of the armor is so we can stand. So we can stand. Paul used that word five times in this passage, I think. Four, five, it was a lot. In a very small space. Paul used the word stand. Do you know what the word for worship is in the New Testament? The word most often translated worship in the New Testament is a word that in the Greek literally meant bow down. Bow down. You see, Satan wants us to bow down, to give up or give in in the face of racism, sexism, all of these other isms. Jesus says, with me you can stand. With me, you don't have to bow down. My, my African-American sisters and brothers yesterday who went out to deliver signs, they were, they were standing in the personal protective equipment of Jesus rather than bowing down before the sin of racism, rather than bowing down to hostility, rather than bowing down to resentment and bitterness. They were standing. Like my grandmother, like Maul, stood in the face of the heartache and the brokenness that kept coming at her because Maul, like the sisters and brothers yesterday, realized that, that these forces weren't coming against them, that God was sending them into those things with the love and the hope and the grace of Jesus Christ. Go in the personal protective equipment of Jesus and stand in Jesus' name. Amen. We just want to 